You're just gonna stay angry at God for the rest of your Whether it's popular or not, we're seeking out what pleases the Lord. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the UPCU Later podcast. I am your host, Aurora, and welcome to what is going to be the second part of Melissa's story, Gratitude. She spent quite a long time in the organization and her story is so incredible that we are actually going to give it three parts. I want to make sure that during these interviews, we're not rushing, we're taking our time so that you all can, you know, share your full experience. So while some episodes may have one, two, three parts, we'll just see as we go along. Um, Also, I wanted to just quickly say that a lot of these stories in the beginning that you're going to hear are people who are either still in the organization, who are considering leaving, have, you know, are newly gone, but there are going to be interviews where people don't believe in anything anymore. People have completely different beliefs. People from, you know, the LGBTQIA community sharing how they were treated within the organization, people who suffered abuse at the hands of leadership, people who have just totally different experiences across the board. So I don't want you to think that because, you know, the first episode is somebody who's considering fully leaving. And this episode is, you know, with somebody who is just sharing their experience is newly gone, that we're not going to get into the nitty gritty because we absolutely are. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you for giving our guests the time to completely share everything that they experienced and for being so supportive, especially on the Instagram page. You all have really rallied around the people sharing um, and given your incredible support. And it means the world to me, to them, um, to everybody involved. So I hope you guys enjoy the second part. If you have any questions for myself or for Melissa, please feel free to reach out so we can touch on them in part three. Um, Let's go. Hi, welcome back. Thank you for joining me again for part two of your story. How are you? Hey, I am doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to um, to share the rest of the story. Of course. I mean, the feedback um, was pretty incredible. People are really into, like invested in your story. Um, and so many people can relate, but a lot of people were completely shocked at what they were learning um, yeah. about the children's home, about what, everything you experienced. So last time we spoke, um, we had ended it on... But that's where you and your family were, you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you were serving there for two years. Right. Um, right. And, the, and the things that you had experienced and started to see, um, what was your deciding factor in deciding, you know what, we're going we're gonna to leave where we are. We're not going to serve in this capacity any longer. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we were there. Um, and like I'd said previously, we were required to go to church there. We were not allowed to be a member of a church outside of that um, children's home. We had to go to chapel there, even on our weekends off. So if you remember that we had 11 days of working and three days off, well, that three days off was always on a weekend. Even if it was a weekend, we were still required to go to that church. Oh, okay. I didn't know Um, that that was a requirement that they had. Yeah, yeah. I believe that it has changed now. Um, I think that we contributed to to that change. But but yeah, so that was a requirement. 
Um, uh, the church was very, very dry. Very, the chapel was very, very dry. It was not, um, there was no freedom or liberty to worship in an outward way. Um, it was very stifling. And so my children, um, you know, growing up in the UPC, that is definitely not the style of worship that you're used to. Uh, and so I felt like we just couldn't be there anymore. We couldn't make that sacrifice. We were dying spiritually because we weren't being fed the word. We weren't, um, we, we, it was just, it was, it was very strict, very structured, um, to the point to where we just didn't want to go anymore. So we decided that it would be best, um, that if we couldn't attend a church outside of their chapel, that we weren't going to work there anymore. And so, um, we went to one of the leaders, we told them that, and, um, they, you know, relayed that information to other leaders and that was it. That was kind of like our two week notice and we left. Um, we stayed in the same area for a couple of more years and, uh, went to a different UPC church that was, um, it, it was, it was probably, um, it was, it was a healthy spiritual church. Uh, I don't want to put down or, or be, you know, in any way negative toward them. They were very healthy in some respects, but one of the things that shook me probably the most, because while I was at the, the children's home working, I kept thinking, no one knows that this is what it's like. Surely the people, the leaders that are over the, the onsite leaders, surely the oversight in the organization they don't know what's going on. They don't, they, they can't know what's going on. Right. Cause yeah, you know, you would think there's no way that they would allow this. There's no right. way that the things that are happening um, yeah. would continue if somebody in some, you know, level of authority knew exactly. they, would, they would put a stop to it. They would help. Yes. Yes, exactly. So when we left, I actually um, decided to go to one of the leaders in the organization that was outside of the on-site, on-site leaders to explain to them, hey, this is what's happening there. This is what's going on. This is, you know, just laid everything out, told right. them every detail, had proof, had like laid it out before them. And in that meeting, this leader was very distraught, very oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It was as if he was hearing it for the first time. And, and I was excited. I'm like, okay, this is great. It's restoring some hope and, you know, and, and, and belief that something's going to change. This is going to make a difference. Yes. Um, but then nothing was done. Uh, conversations were had. It was told to me that conversations were had, but the leadership that was in place did not change. Um, the, after speaking with several, cause I was still connected to several of the children, the things that were the problems didn't change it. Like nothing changed, even though the leaders knew it didn't, it didn't change. So I was, I was just floored that once, you know, I, so, you know, quote unquote whistle blew or, you know, blew the whistle or whatever to let them know what was going on even though they 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 presented themselves as being upset about it they didn't do anything about it and so right. 
I was, I was upset that nothing changed, but I also knew that I'm only one person and I had done all that I could do. And so of course I just, you know, prayed, but I knew that it was the right decision for us to leave. Um, and, and I didn't regret leaving at all. Um, you said that the kids there Mm -hmm. were, you know, from troubled homes, things like that. Mm -hmm. Did you like, were any kids that in the two years that you were there, um, actually adopted? There were a couple that okay. were adoptable. There was one, um, if I'm remembering correctly, because it's been a few years ago, um, there was one while I was there that was adopted out. Uh, and then there was one that was adopted after um, we left. And so, and a brother-sister pair that was adopted out. So, you know, out of the 100 or so kids that they had, or, you know, however many children that they had, I know of probably two to three adoptions in that time period. Um, Because that's what a lot of the shock that came from listening to your story was that this was more or less, you know, a children's home for what it appears to be, you know, troubled youth, you know, whether it's people within the UPC sending their children, people in a local church, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. A lot Mm -hmm. of people had no idea. You know, I had people reach out and say, I gave money when I was, you know, at general conference and at youth Congress and, you know, yes, did all these things and had no idea all along that that's what was happening. Absolutely. Um, So you said that you were, you know, it was part of the stipulation that you attend chapel there. Were there people who attended the chapel there who were not working there or was it just everybody who worked there and all of the kids? It was only on site um, people who worked there and the children. It was not okay. allowed for people to attend chapel that didn't work there. Right. Um, and so I think that's interesting that they wouldn't let you attend church. <laughs> Yeah, even you know, even a, a UPC church, even right. you know a church right down the road, so to speak, that um, we could attend, and even on our weekends off, it wasn't right. that we were asking to go to a different church while we were working, because of course we had to supervise the children that we were responsible for. Sure, but absolutely. Even on the time that we were off of work, we couldn't attend a different. Happening is, you know, you're you're attending the services when you're working. Um, and so I can't imagine what it's like to go, to be in a service um, with just these people, you know, and it's geared towards the kids because, you know, it's a children's home. You would so think that. Oh, you would think that. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> there was no children's pastor. Um, there was no Sunday school lessons or um, really Sunday school teaching very much at all, except for the very young ones, um, which was basically like a, you, you took them out if they were under maybe five and, uh, you know, did, had them color on paper or whatever, but it was basically just babysitting, but everyone else was in the main sanctuary. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then that just, you know, it's very, like I said, a lot of people, myself included, had no idea that this Mm -hmm. is how these things operated. So, you know, you go to a higher up leader to express your concern. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing changes, um, but you're at a new church. Correct. Yes. Went to a new church and we love the church. We love the people. Um, Still, you know, go, of course, go to leaders and express, okay, we're going to be involved in leadership. This is what I believe on hair. Um, 
very, very much like um, one of the other churches that we attended where it was like, we completely understand, you know, if you need to cut your hair, that's totally fine. We understand headaches and, and, you know, that was, that was fine. Um, There were people that wore light makeup. So it was, it was again, one of the more liberal churches, kind of like we had attended previously. Okay. And how long um, were you there for? We were there for a couple of years, and then we had to move out of state um, due to my husband's job again. And um, so we are now at a church that we had actually attended previously um, back, oh, I guess full circle, probably 15 years prior. Um, so we essentially came back home to where right. we had grown up and, and lived previously. And so we began attending this church. Um, love the people. Uh, we were very, you know, close to the people, had been friends for, uh, um, you know, over a decade and began attending this church again. Um, almost immediately, I get involved in um, leadership. And of course, I am sitting in the meeting for the platform policy and that we had, you know, discussed previously. And this one is for this church. And he begins to talk about some things that immediately were like, wait a second, what? So he, he begins to state that it's okay to dye your hair. You know, don't mind that. It's okay if you wear base, but you can't paint your toenails with any or fingernails with anything but clear polish. So no white tips. Mm-hmm. Now, not that big a deal. Okay. But immediately my red flag went up and I was like, and I, and I asked almost without thinking, wait a second, what's the difference? <laughs> I'm and sure I, and I, that. oh gosh, oh gosh, why did I open my mouth? So uh, it was, it was kind of like, I mean, I didn't even think about it when I asked it, I asked it in front of everyone. It wasn't even in a private thing, but I didn't even think about what the ramifications were going to be. I just said, wait a second, what's the difference? Because I had not had that type of, I had had, okay, it's, it's strict. You don't do any of it or okay. We're liberal. It's allowed, you know, it's fine. But I hadn't had the, the mixed bag. I had not had it where, okay, this is wrong, but this is okay. Right. And, and I was like that, the, wait, what? Uh, what's the difference? And so he looked at me and he said, well, I'm not trying to be legalistic. A lot of people leave the church over um, dying of hair and I don't want to be legalistic or anything like that. And of course, at that point I realized, okay, I had opened my mouth in front of everyone and asked a question. I was not about to argue the point, you know, at that time, that's not what I was going to do. So I just said, okay. Yeah. As if that answer was sufficient. Um, nowhere in my mind did that answer make sense to me at all. Um, I was like, well, if it's a sin, it doesn't matter if people leave the church or not. You you say no, you can't do it. It's a sin. If it's not a sin, then you don't tell people that they can't do it because that's not biblical. Right. So, yeah. So I was like, I, it, it was just, that was probably the point where I was very confused in sin versus not sin and man-made rules versus, you know, biblical rules. Um, I was, I, I was very, very 
inquisitive about that and decided, okay, yeah, I'm going to need to study this out. I'm going to, which I had been doing it, but mainly about hair. All of the right. other things hadn't really brought, you know, hadn't really came up because like I said, I am very structured, very rule oriented. So if you say not to do it, I'm not going to do it. And the only reason I had even cut my hair is because of the headaches. So whenever, and I, of course, you know, I had kept my toenails with white tips for I don't know, however long, years, <laughs> because that's just, you know, a cute way to have your toes. And so whenever I, okay, I can't do that. Well, okay, no big deal. But why? <laughs> yeah, it sounds why? very, it sounds very familiar to when you were saying you were in that Bible study with a leader and your husband. And yes. he's saying, this is what we do. And you said, and you're thinking to yourself, it doesn't really sound not incorrect but you know it sounds confusing but I'm gonna do it because you say to correct but but now this time around you said okay yeah I, yeah. Need, to so figure, I, I need to figure this out yeah yeah so um a couple of years goes by all right and this I'm in leadership position I am obeying the rules to the nth degree I am not doing anything that I shouldn't do I'm not even considering doing anything that I shouldn't do I've stopped cutting my hair um, because I know that this is what, you know, he expects that is laid out very plainly. And so my hair is getting very long again. It's only two years. My hair was at my waist. Whenever I got there, my hair is almost to my ankles. Okay. My hair goes very, very fast and it's very thick. And so it's different, I guess, than a lot of other people's hairs. I think usually our hair, usually people's, um, hair grows like one inch a month. Mine grows about two to three inches a month. My hairdresser is amazed, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it grows really fast. <laughs> yeah. And during this time that, you know, you said you were keeping it to your waist at the other churches, mm -hmm. this is, you know, it's not like something you're going around saying like, look at my healthy ends. Like you're, like you said, you're oh, still no. wearing your same hairstyle. People Absolutely. don't know other than the leadership at the time that that was even happening. Oh, yeah. No, of course. I would never tell anyone that I was cutting my hair. Um, the condemnation. People would absolutely condemn and say, what are you doing cutting your hair? You're a sinner. You're going to hell. Like, why are you doing that? Don't right. you know that's a shame? Don't you know you're losing power with the angels? Don't you know this isn't okay? Um, so, yeah, I, I no one knew that I was keeping my hair at my waist during this time. Um, it was still up in its little Pentecostal hairdo and, <laughs> and you know, living my best life. <laughs> yeah. But so now you're at this new church and now you're at this new church. Correct. You stopped cutting it. It's getting long again. You've got a lot going on. It sounds like. Yes. Lots and lots going on. So we had, of course, that meeting. Well, two years goes by and we have this meeting, you know, a couple of more times and, um, I began, and something that I guess I've done for several years now is at the end of the year, and we're going into, of course, at this point, it's around October 2022. Um, at the end of every year, God, um, I begin praying for God to give me a word for the following year, just as a, a level of spiritual guidance, just something that, okay, God, you know, I, I want you to kind of give me some direction on what I need to focus on for this coming year. Maybe it's sure. an attitude in myself that I need to get fixed. Maybe it's, you know, just whatever. So, um, for example, a couple of years were almost the same word. One was thankful and one was gratitude. 
Um, and it was during a time where my husband actually had lost his job and we had gone through a lot of, you know, financial turmoil, so to speak. And so God giving me those words reminded me of, hey, let's be thankful for the little things. Let's be thankful and, and you know, be gracious um, and thankful that, you know, he, even though my husband had lost his job during that time, every need that we had was provided and, and God is our provider, you know, so. Right. Just little things like that. So I began yeah. praying in October, October, early October of 2023, I'm um, 2022, um, for my word for 2023. And so um, he, he gave me the word uh, to know him. And at first I was like, wait a second, what? Mm-hmm. What? I know you, Lord. I've been knowing you for a really long time, actually, right? <laughs> because I've been raised in this, like I've been raised in, in church my whole life. So of course I know God, of course I know him. And uh, God was like, no, 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 no. I need you to know me. No, K-N-O-W, no. And I'm like, okay, I need to know you more. So I really started seeking God's face in the little things in, in everything, in everything that I can think, you know, to include him in, I really began to seek his face. And I really started kind of studying the word, not just reading the word. And that's where really, I started studying the word, you know, we talked last week, kind of about how in the UPC, you're told to read your word, but you're not told how to study your word. Well, I began to really deep, dig deep, and study the word on the questions that I was having. So I'd already done that with hair. So I felt, you know, very confident that that wasn't a sin. But I began to, you know, dig deep on some of the other things like jewelry and, and, you know, tattoos and, and just the stuff that people consider and say, oh, you can't do this. Um, And begin to study, um, study what the word says. Yeah, to find out, you know, is is this man-made? Is this, you know, right? really the character of God to feel this way about these issues or is it even addressed at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I began finding that a lot of the things that, um, you know, were taught as holiness standards, and I put air quotes around those words hmm. because that is what the UPC calls them, holiness standards, yes. as in standards that you must do to be holy you know, to put a, a, you know, definition or context to that, um, that that was false teaching. And so then I started having a, a moment of, oh my God, it's, it's false teaching. It's not actually biblical. Um, this has been my whole life. This has been my whole identity. Right. This has been everything. This is how I've raised my children. This has been my entire life. And now I'm saying that this is not truth. Now I had, at this point, I had not told anyone all of the questions or, you know, about all the things and the studying and the, um, I hadn't, even my husband, I did, I wasn't telling him all the things. I wasn't telling him all the questions I was having. I really hadn't told anyone, not a single person. So I decide I need therapist because <laughs> I am <laughs> having some emotional turmoil. <laughs> yes, it's like, a lot to unpack because yeah. once you start yanking at that thread and oh little by God. little, you're like, 
this was wrong. This was wrong. Yes. What, what else could possibly be? Was any of it right? You know, yeah. And then it, there's so many questions and, you know, it's a lot to unpack. And I feel like a lot of people, when they get to this point that you're at in the story, they mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. Because the realization that it was possibly incorrect is too much for people to take on and they'd rather just go. They'd rather just keep doing what they're doing out of habit and out of comfortability. That doesn't sound like a word. Um, no, but it's completely being, a word. <laughs> being comfortable um, within their lives. And so they stop because it's a scary thing. So the fact that you kept going is so commendable because I know people just, they stop and they get scared and they don't want to know anymore. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I did though. Like looking back, Over the years, I would question things of like, okay, well, this church says this is fine. This other church said it's not. So like, why is it or is it not? But you know what? I'm just going to follow the rules. I'm going to obey. And I would disregard it because the sheer terror that would, you know, in totally encapsulate or whatever that word is. I don't know. That's probably not a (laughs) word, but like captivate my mind of this may not be the truth because we're told our entire lives or our entire time of being in the UPC that this is the truth. There is no other truth but this. You see, they take, and this is, the word says that (laughs) Jesus is the only way, the truth, the life. But the UPC almost replaces Jesus with the UPC. And says the I UPC agree teachings. Yeah, the yeah. UPC teachings are the way, the truth, and the life. And we we teach about Jesus, and uh, you know they do. They they teach about Jesus. I'm not saying that they don't, but there is no Jesus without the UPC to them. Right, and that's not at all biblical. Like so, I began realizing things. I began at, you know, me studying, me focusing on the word no. God, I want to know you. This is my prayer every day. I want to know you. I began to say, God, peel the scales off of my eyes. God, do not let me be deceived. I began to pray against deception. I began to pray against anything that would hinder me from knowing him. And over the next probably two or three months, God began to almost like peel layers off of my mind that allowed me to see the deception that I was following. Can you walk me through a couple of those things that you, that as it started happening, you know, yeah. what are some examples of the things that yeah, you noticed? Absolutely. So I began to notice um, jewelry, like in the Bible, it talks about, you know, not adorning yourself with gold and, and all that. But then whenever you put that into context of what that whole chapter is talking about, it's doing a comparison about your inner heart. It's saying, hey, don't let them be, don't let yourself be known by this stuff. Not that it's a sin to wear that stuff, but you shouldn't be known by that. You should be known by the love that you have to up uh, toward others, the compassion, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit is what you should be known by, not, you know, all of the bling, so to speak. Okay. So yeah. it's not saying that it's a sin. It's saying it's making a comparison. So that that's, you know, one of those kinds of things. So I began noticing and I'd never even really thought about it before, but people wearing barrettes with pearls in them or you know people wearing a watch with lots of 
blingy stuff on it. And I'm like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. What's the difference in wearing a barrette with pearls exactly. versus a necklace with pearls? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, what, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. And there's no good explanation for it either. No, 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 no. Absolutely it's all depending not. on the pastor or the church or the city or things like that. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's kind of an example of how I begin to see, you know, some of the, the little things kind of, wait a minute, this, this, this isn't right. Um, two books uh, really had a great impact on me. One I read before I left and one I read after I left. Um, uh, I, can I say, can I mention books? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Cause I know people are listening and they're going to want to know. Okay, good. So, I didn't want to give me something, yeah. give me something good to read. Give me something helpful. To yeah. Know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So see. growing, growing, um, my children, re- you know, raising my children, I was a big follower of the Duggars. Um, the Duggars were like the ideal family to me. They, they, um, homeschooled. I homeschooled my kids. They, you know, baked all this stuff from scratch. I baked stuff from scratch. They wore skirts. I wore skirts. Like I found a lot of similarities between us and the Duggars. They, they weren't quite as strict in standards as, um, we were in the UPC, but a lot of correlations, a lot of, um, similarities between the two. And so, we would watch the Duggars. We would watch the kids. I, I always wanted tons of kids, but because of the difficulties um, when some of my pregnancies, I was only able to have a handful. Well, not even a handful, but anyway, you know, I, I watched them and just thought, wow, this is such an incredible Christian family. I love this. And then, of course, all the things came out um, about their oldest son and about some of the, you know, happenings in their home. And um, so this book that Ginger wrote, um, it came out in mm, the end of last year. I don't remember the exact month, but I'm like, oh, I've got to read that book. I need to know more about the Duggars. Um, and so I got her book and it's entitled Free um, or Becoming Free Indeed. And I began reading this book. And this was before I had even um, contemplated actually leaving the UPC. Um, but uh, I, I began reading it and the terror that she talked about, the fear that she felt, um, like there were, I can't even explain to you how many emotions she put in that book that were mirror images of my heart. Um, it, it struck a chord in me and it, it really was like, wow, um, I've got to do some reevaluating. I've got, and really her book is what drove me to go to therapy because it stirred up so many deep seated emotions in me that I had just been obeying the rules. I had just been doing what was told of me to do without question because question means you're just, you know, you're in rebellion. And I like, I felt guilt, but I wasn't guilty of anything. Like, I hadn't even done anything wrong. I hadn't cut my hair. I hadn't done any of these things. But I was feeling guilty for even questioning the notions. And, like, in her book, she begins, you know, to describe that that kind of stuff is not godly. That is not of God at all. And that if there's anyone teaching you things that are contrary to the word of God, if there's anyone teaching you man's opinion 
as if it is God's opinion, run, 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 yes. run, run, run. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> um, okay. what, what a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely a challenging time, but I was sticking to God. I'm in pursuit of you and I'm not letting go because this is the most important. You, God is the most important thing in my life. I must know you. So I go through that, you know, those few months of, of inner turmoil, of prayer, of studying the word of God, studying cultural context behind the verses of, of really digging deep. And I become, uh, of course, with the help of my therapist, I become able to confront. Okay. So I decide that I'm going to meet with one of the church leaders and tell them about kind of the growth over or the spiritual journey. I shouldn't even say growth because, I mean, it was definitely growth. Now that I'm looking back, it was definitely growth. But at that point, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> so the spiritual journey that I was on, yeah. um, I decided that, that go. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, it did not go as I expected. Now, my therapist, as wise as he is, um, led with a very, very great or or left me with a very, very great um, concept to go into that meeting with. He said he asked me, so why are you going to do this? Why are you wanting to have this meeting? And I said, honestly, I really just want to inform the spiritual authority in my life where I'm at spiritually. Like, I need to tell this person what's going on with me. Um, I'm in a, at this point, I'm in a very high leadership position in our church. And I know that people are watching me. And I know that some of my core beliefs are changing. So I need to make him aware of this. I need to tell him that this is what's happening. My expectation was, and he said, that's good. My my therapist was like, that's good, but hold on to that. When you go into the meeting, hold on to that and don't forget that. And I'm like, okay, because Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, my expectation of the way the meeting was going to go is that this leader was going to be very compassionate, and say, oh my gosh, okay, you're on this journey. You were being misled or, you know, this is, this is not the direction that you need to go here. Let's open up the word and let's study it together and show me where you're seeing this. And let me show you where I'm seeing. I expected the word to be opened. I expected there to be some type of, of, I guess, um, trying to get me to understand how I was being deceived or something, because, you know, you're taught that if you're going against what the UP says, you're being deceived. Um, And they they had a lot of pressure, not pressure, but a lot of um, focus on the pastor being the shepherd. Oh, yeah. And that the the people within the church, the members are the flock. Mm -hmm. And he will guide you and direct you and, you know, be a shepherd over you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that's what you're assuming is like, okay, now, be a shepherd and <laughs> yes, because yes. that's what they so, say that they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm expecting uh, a conversation of leading me to where I need to be. 
Um, that didn't happen. Um, it was, um, you know what I, it was, it was, it was tense <laughs> to put it mildly. I began to kind of explain, I start off with, um, Hey, this is, you know, kind of where this started, start back in October, November. And I start telling him about my prayer and all this kind of stuff. And he begins to get this frustrated look on his face and he stops me. He interrupts me in the middle and he says, what are you trying to say? And I'm kind of taken back because I didn't get to finish what I wanted to tell him, but I'm like, okay, well, let's just get to the point then. Um, so I was like, I don't believe that this, 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 this. And um, he got very upset. And I said, I don't see the difference. I used the example of, I don't see the difference in wearing a pearl barrette and wearing a pearl necklace. Like, I don't see where that's a difference in in the word of God. That was an example that I'd given him. And it wasn't, he didn't try to explain what the difference was. His immediate question was, well, who's doing that? Well, gosh, put me on the spot and have me call names. Okay. I did. I'm like, okay, your wife. Oh no. <laughs> You're, oh yeah. I know why sometimes I, when I get under the moment, I don't think about the things I'm saying and I just respond, but his wife would wear pearl barrettes. His wife would wear gold clips. And I'm like, what's the difference? Well, he took that to, to say that I was calling her a hypocrite. He got super offended, super offensive, um, not offensive, defensive about everything that I was saying. And I'm like, no, that that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not pointing fingers and saying someone is doing this and this is hypocrite. No, I want answers. I don't understand what, I really don't understand what the difference is. I couldn't even get out the, the verses and, and how I studied. I couldn't even tell him that because he was so upset. And so, so it, it was just was not a good meeting. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like it, which is um, both hilarious and sad at the same time, because it's like, okay, you're preaching. You're the one preaching it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the organization, um, and it's not church specific. It's the whole, without, you know, correct. the whole organization. It's correct. This is what's being taught. Yeah. You should be able to answer for it without getting upset. And if you yeah. can't, and you can't deliver a straight answer, something's wrong. Yes. And, and I know people don't always ask, you know, questions the way that they intend to mm -hmm. but the but the fact that it's met with that sort of reaction it's like or you could just tell me why you're preaching it and where you found it in the bible and not call names right. like you don't why have to did be the, why did I have to call a name right you don't have to be disrespectful and and things like that it should just be here's why let me show you and in the bible not yeah in my heart or in my opinion or because the organization says so. Yeah. Yeah. So I was that, that conversation lasted um, probably close to an hour. Um, and about halfway through, I realized that this conversation was not going to be going anywhere. Um, it was a, a rebuttal back and forth, like me asking questions and him getting defensive and, and not giving me answers. Um, at one point he was like, well, there's a lot of scriptures in the word that says this. I said, show me where he said, I'll get them for you. And he never did. Like I stayed at the church, um, over a month after that. And he never came to me with the scriptures. He never, you know, came, um, to, 
to fix any of it. I don't know. He, he, it just, it didn't happen. So at the end of the um, meeting, cause at that point I was like, shut down. I was like, okay. And, and I did say that I said, I feel like you're being very defensive. Um, and we're not able to have a productive conversation right now. And by the grace of God, I was able to remain, um, composed. I was crying, but remain even tempered. I didn't raise my voice, even though voices were being raised to me. I didn't, I didn't retaliate. I was able to hold to what my therapist said. What is the reason you're telling them? Right. And, and that, and I kept saying that in my mind so that I would hold myself and have self-control because I know that self-control is the fruit of the spirit and God knows I need to be correct. I need to be right. I don't want to, to act out. And so whenever I, you know, said, said that he still kept going for, for, you know, a, a good bit of time. Um, and then finally I said, okay, well, let's talk about leadership. Let's talk about the platform because my views are now different than what the platform policy is. My beliefs are different than what the platform policy is. And it blew me away what he said next, because he said, so what do you think everyone that's on that platform agrees with me? And Aurora, oh. in that moment, I was shook to my core because this entire time, we have to sign this. And it is put to us that we are signing this before God. And for him to say, oh, you know what? I don't care if you don't believe in this. As long as you're on the platform to do the things that you're required to do, you can believe whatever you want. No, he didn't say it in that many words. But he, even though I had told him that my position and my beliefs had changed, he didn't want me to step down from the platform. My question to that, because um, I've always wondered this, and it's been on my heart a lot lately. Do you think that pastors and the organization, because like we keep saying, it's not just church specific, it's the oh, yeah. organization. Yeah. Do you think they hold on to members because they're paying tithe? I don't know. I mean, we weren't even discussing me leaving the church. We were just discussing me stepping down from the platform. Right. Um, he had asked me three separate times, have you done anything? Uh, and I'm like, no, I haven't done anything. I haven't sinned. Like I haven't, I have stayed to the rules, my man. Like there is right. nothing I've done. I am a rule follower. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, money definitely can twist things and tangle things, but I, I don't want to speak for people because I know that there are sincere people. I know that there are, um, you know, godly people that handles the money in responsible ways, but I also know on the flip side that there's not. So, um, I, I don't know. Cause it's I really don't know. You know. It's just so confusing that somebody would acknowledge, yes, you don't believe what I'm preaching and what the stance of the organization is, mm -hmm. but get up there and do your thing and be a part yeah. of the ministry still and keep attending and keep being faithful. Yeah. 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 I don't, I, I can't even pretend to know what was going through his mind whenever he said that to me, where do you think that everyone on the platform agrees with me? Um, I was just shocked. And yeah. I, and so I told him, I'm like, I, I don't care what anybody else does, but I can't do that. I sign a contract stating that I believe this. I don't believe this anymore. Therefore I'm stepping down from this position. And, 
um, he then began to bring up the past on how I didn't have to have a, an evaluation period because I had been in leadership before and um, just almost manipulate or try to make me feel guilty that I was stepping down and how that if I did step down, that wouldn't be the case next time. I would have to go through a probation period before I would be allowed to be on the platform. And in my mind, I'm thinking, my man, you actually think I'm going to get back up on the platform? Oh, there is no way. Like right. he, he couldn't see how, I, I don't know. He, I don't, I don't know. It's almost like you he, weren't being taken seriously. No. Yeah, I, I, he couldn't see that what he was portraying was the exact reason that I was stepping down. Right. You see, because while I had followed the rules, I had seen other leaders call people white trash. I had seen other leaders, you know, make snide comments about other members of the team in my ear. And like other leaders, not just church members or whatever, but like core core leaders say snide things and all the while I'm like how is this holiness how is the attitude that you're portraying to me right now holiness but if I've got on a skirt and I don't cut my hair and I'm not wearing jewelry or makeup then I'm holy Mm -mm. As long as the outside looks good yeah and the inside doesn't matter so it's very backwards and very twisted yeah. And it's actually the exact opposite of Mark chapter seven. And that was the, that was the chapter that really like did the switch in my head. God laid it. It was just incredible how God, you know, orchestrated my Bible reading that I was doing to correlate with what I was going through that day. The Bible is a living, breathing document. It is incredible. It is the word of God. And God laid it in the middle of all I was going through, Mark chapter seven, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's like, you guys, you just have it so wrong. What is on the outside doesn't make you unclean. It doesn't defile a man. It's what that comes from the inside that defiles them. So that person, that leader that's calling somebody white trash, that mm -hmm. is that the defilement, not right. somebody wearing pants. That's yes. awkward stuff. That's stupid stuff. That's, that's, that's not the thing. It's, it's the inside stuff. Right. Know? And, and for so long, you know, and it's just ingrained in our heads that holiness is how you look. And to an yeah. extent, you know, they want, they'll, they'll preach about the inward, you know, your heart don't have, you know, ought with your brother, you yeah. know, don't, don't gossip or things like that. But the outside is just, it's pressed and pressed and pressed. Yeah. And yeah. The, it, the whole, you know, Absolutely. It feels like the really important parts are missed. Absolutely. Of what it means to be a good person and to be Christ-like and to love people and to be compassionate yeah. and show mercy and, you know, have yeah. attributes of, I don't know, Jesus, maybe. You know, um, the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> right. Um, it just feels totally missed when, you know, because I've been there. I've, you know, heard the leaders, you know, at, at a couple of different churches just talk, you know. Yeah. about each other and about the church and about the people um like it's nothing and I'm like but that doesn't seem right yeah no it's not it's not but even after that meeting like that meeting happened on a Wednesday night um in February of this year um the very next day 
we were going to ladies conference. And of course, you know, ladies conference in the UPC is a huge thing. So we're going to our um, state ladies conference. And so I am devastated from the meeting that I had had. And sure. I am seeking the face of God at this, at this time, because I am like, this, this was not at all what I expected. And this is not at all what I feel safe to follow. So I need a direct word from God. And at that point, I hadn't told a single soul other than my husband and my children. So not even my mom, not even my best friend, nobody knew anything. Um, driving up to ladies conference, I confided in one of my closest friends and I said, look, I need you to pray because God's going to have to speak to me like in an audible voice or some burning bush, like <laughs> something. If he wants me to stay, if he wants me to stay in the UPC, I need to hear a very clear and distinct word of God that yes. tells me that. And if I need to go. I need a very clear and distinct word from God to let me know that because this cannot continue. So second day of ladies conference, um, a, a friend of mine was actually one of the speakers and uh, she was speaking and she, it was like a Q and a session and she had answered her question. And then at the end of that answer, she tagged on this little bit that did not relate to anything that she had said according to the answer that she was given um, in the Q&A session, but it was 100% strictly for me. I'm going to read it to you because I actually got the, I went and bought the, the CD and then <laughs> recorded it onto my phone so I would never okay. lose it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to quote to you exactly what she said. Okay. So she said, my biggest prayer for 2023 is God, I want to know you. And that sounds strange for someone who has been filled with the Holy Ghost since they were seven. But sometimes we don't know him like we re he really wants to know us. And that's my desire, my passion this year. I'm on a pursuit to know him in a deeper way than I've ever known him before. And I encourage you ladies, answer the draw. Don't be afraid to step out into what God is calling you to do. And it's going to require sometimes pushing some things away, maybe even severing relationships and being okay with walking away from some things to embrace what God has for us. Okay. So girl, that's the end wow. of the quote. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How incredible. Yeah. How, how timely. Um, yeah. So to speak like, to your heart in such a specific way. Yeah. So the very first part where, she, you know, she's like, my prayer for 2023 is to, you know, to know God. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was immediate, you know, ears perk up because that was what God had called me to in October. Yeah. To know him, to, to, to dive deeper into him, to get that, you know, pursuit of him. And then for her to say, you know, it's okay to, to push away some things. It's okay to sever some relationships and to be okay walking away from some things. Well, I wasn't doing anything or even speaking to anyone that was like contributing to my frame of mind with my questions. So it wasn't even like, oh, well, this, you know, she's talking to this person, so she needs to stop talking to them. I wasn't. Yeah. So that like that in that moment 
was when I decided I have to leave the UPC. Mm -hmm.